Scott George. I'm the Western Executive Director here again with uh, Kathy Rapola, our National Executive Director. And here we are, Kathy, in 2019, sitting here again for more podcasts. Yeah, you know, um, the membership really responded well to the podcast we did last year. And people keep commenting to me that they'd like to see more of them. Um, it was a really easy way to educate the members without them having to spend a great deal of their time because they don't have a lot of free time. Um, and so, you know, people were listening to while well, commuting and everything else. So, you know, if the member, if they find them as a useful tool, then yeah, we're going to keep doing them. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about ways to keep the engagement of the members up and we have implemented some of that, but have others planned? Can you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, I mean, for starters, we've engaged on a, a campaign to collect data on long work hours on pilots and for seasons. Um, that's in the process, and uh, we will compile that data and take a look at it and hopefully use it as a way to bolster our argument that these long hours really need to be addressed in those um, particular areas. The membership outreach committee has asked us to have town hall meetings for the memberships in LA and New York. So that's part of the plan. And you know, we've been talking with the board briefly about how we move forward from here. And there are a lot of ideas being thrown together and we're going to create a more comprehensive plan and discuss it with the whole board and move forward on some other things that I'm not really are prepared you, are- to talk about yet today. Are you referring to you're looking for feedback from the board on what would be best uh, for future podcasts or you already have an idea of some things that you kind of want to do throughout this year? I certainly do have some ideas of things I want to do, but I really think it's important for me to know what the, not just the board of directors, but the membership in general, what they want to hear from us. I know uh, during the whole basic agreement ratification and a lot of what members were looking to us for were education about how the funding of the pension and health plans is structured and how the contract, various contracts work. It's become so complicated because there's so many different contracts and so many layers to it and different budgets and lengths and everything else. So I think um, I'd like to focus some of the attention on that, but I'm also open to talking about really anything that the membership wants to discuss. You mentioned town hall meetings in LA and New York. Can you talk a little bit more about the format of those? I think the notion is to have an open forum for members really to ask questions and to talk about anything that they want to talk about. So rather than me showing up there and standing in front of them all and making a speech um, and talking at them, to engage with them on a more um, conversational way. I mean, we had one in New York already in February, and it went really, really well. And I think the membership there was appreciative of that kind of forum. It felt really informal, uh, but really informative. And, you know, I learn more as much from them as they learn from me. So that two-way dialogue with a larger uh, group of the membership is, I think, helpful to the union in in an overall basis. You know, throughout last year, we saw the rank and file members step up in a big way. Now that the kind of the dust has settled and you're looking forward, looking back, does that, did it surprise you? You know, it still surprises me because to tell you the truth, it hasn't stopped. You know, I've been trying to attend a lot of membership seminars and meetings and 
social mixers and the dialogue. Every time I engage with members, much of the dialogue is still surrounding last year and how great it felt to them and how engaged they felt and appreciative of everything. And so it hasn't stopped and it, I guess it continues to surprise me. The last thing, of course, I would want is everyone to have said, okay, well, we did that. And now we're going to move on and go back to our normal lives and participate or not or whatever. But that's not been the case. Even with people running on the board, we saw kind of record numbers for people wanting to participate as well um, on committees. But the, the question I think a lot of people have is, do you think it's sustainable? Yeah, absolutely. I believe it's sustainable. And actually had... I think five new board members installed in January, and I've never seen that number of new people installed in one year. So, um, and yes, a lot of people um, volunteering to participate in committees, and based on all the feedback I've gotten from members, all the conversations I've had with people, the emails I've received, everything, I think that absolutely it's sustainable. I think that it's our duty to make it sustainable there is nothing more important in a union than engaging the membership because after all that's what it's about it's about the rank and file members i mean i'm hired to do a job that's to represent them i got to represent them in the way they want to be represented and address the things that they want addressed as a group so i think as long as we keep creating avenues for them to stay engaged i believe they will stay engaged you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, having been removed as a director from the motion picture industry pension and health plans, while it was absolutely wrong in my mind and was retaliatory, I always look towards the positive and everything. And I'll say by my not being a director on the plans, it has freed up a lot of my time that I was spending. I was on three different committees and I was on the board, so it was, it was time consuming. And I think it's allowing me the time to focus on this kind of membership mobilization in a way that I might not have been able to do otherwise. So I think as long as I know the board is behind continuing these efforts, the membership is behind continuing these efforts, I certainly am and the rest of our staff is. So yes, it's absolutely sustainable. Switching gears a bit, in the last few months uh, we've had several um, organizing drives that have been successful. Yeah, you know, we've got a great... Um, organizing team, Rob Callahan and Preston Johnson, and they do great work and have for a long time. Uh, there's been a couple of uh, situations more recently that have been a little bit um, important in different ways. Actually, last year in New York, organized and then succeeded with a first-time contract for Vice Media, which brought in almost 140 new members in the eastern region. Um, that was a long negotiations. It was a little tough sometimes, but in the end, uh, some really good, important economic changes and conditions too for the people working there. And that's the first digital facility like that that we've actually organized. Um, in addition, we had a couple of organizing campaigns um, in Los Angeles, one with Nickelodeon Animation, where the animators had been represented by the Animation Guild for decades. And the editorial people were non-union. We just concluded a first-time contract with uh, that editorial unit, and it was ratified unanimously. We've also organized a smaller animation facility called Wild Canary, uh, also unanimous ratification with incredible changes 
and improvements to the working conditions and salaries for those people. We uh, had a successful election at Pinewood in Atlanta, first time ever that we have been able to secure representation of people who are working near set on digital dailies processing. And at the same time, we had a small unit of people working at Universal Studios who were not being covered under the collective bargaining agreement. We believed they should have been, uh, tried to pursue that through the grievance process, and it turned out not to be very successful. So we instead decided to look at organizing them. And we won an election to represent people that are doing digital data management, which is a good good thing and I think will set a good precedent for some of the places uh, where they still are non-union. Not all of them are non-union. Yeah, we've seen our membership now, I think, grow to around 8,200 members through these organizing drives and I think just, you know, enforcing our jurisdiction, but it seems like we continue to grow. Yeah, which is great. I mean, that's part of what it's all about, right? You, you know, we negotiate contracts, we enforce contracts, we organize, you know, those are all the basics of what a union does. And I think it has been unprecedented in terms of our size now. The more people that end up coming under the umbrella through organizing efforts, you know, it has a ripple effect and more people seek representation by our guild. Yeah, I mean, this current political climate um, and efforts to undermine unions, we're stronger than ever. And what do you attribute that to? You know, strength doesn't come from just a large number. It comes from within the hearts and minds of the members. You know, we can offer them tools. We can perform our jobs appropriately. We can be proactive leaders. But in the end, it's all about the members. And they have awakened in a way that's been really inspiring. And I think the the desire to continue to build this union, and I don't mean just the number of members, but the more of these kinds of things we do and educate the members and reach out to the members, keep them engaged, I think it just feeds the desire for more people to be involved, for more people to be educated, for more people to understand you know, what role they all play in the union. And I think it's inevitable if you keep doing all those things that people will respond to it in a positive way, and that's certainly what we've seen. You know, with all that went on last year, the base agreement negotiations and the ratification, you've continued to say this to me, and I know anybody else that'll listen, um, that even though it was ratified by all the other locals, you truly believe that we came out as the winners. I do, and I, I say it to everybody who will listen to me. They're probably getting sick of me saying it at some point, but I believe in my heart of hearts that what happened last year with our membership was something I certainly have strived to see in all of my years here at the Guild. I'm not sure that I expected I would ever see it. It's been phenomenal to watch. I think the membership is proud of what they did. They should be proud of what they did. And, you know, in the end, we held our heads up, did what we believed in. And regardless of the repercussions and the pushback and whatever else transpired, we absolutely rose to the top, in my mind. So in closing, um Today, Kathy, I know early in the podcast we talked about you know you wanting to set up some podcasts, a lot of them being educational. 
and are hoping to maybe start uh, rolling those out if you could on a monthly basis. Yeah, that's my desire to do. Um, that's what the board of directors has asked me to do. I would love it if, in addition to the feedback we get from the board of directors about subject matters, if those of you who are listening to this podcast have ideas about ways that we can continue to engage you, subject matters that we can talk about on these podcasts, if you would email us at podcasts, yes, that's plural, at editorsguild.com. Well, thank you for your time, Kathy, and until the next one. Yeah, thank you, Scott. This is Kathy Rapola, keeping you posted from coast to coast.